Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. No duh, right? Here we discuss everything from car news, culture, movies, stories, games, interviews, events, and so much more. Without further delay, on with the show. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to another new car special. Today, we're diving into the 2022 Infiniti QX60 as it's been unveiled with upscale looks, modern tech, and semi-autonomous tech. Let's get into it. Infiniti's QX60 midsize three-row crossover was getting long in the tooth, going nearly a decade without many significant updates. Back in September, we got a taste of what the refreshed crossover would look like with the QX50 monograph concept. Now, the production version is finally here, and it has a lot to offer. The 2022 QX60's design has been changed to be more in line with Infiniti's current offerings and features styling nearly identical to the aforementioned QX60 monograph. Infinity calls it a combination of powerful athleticism with harmony and simplicity. And with its thin lighting elements, gaping grille, and muscular, muscular yet smooth fenders, we'd say that's a fitting description. The fine details of the design are meant to invoke the spirit of Japan with things like kimono folds and the digital piano key headlights, origami in the grille mesh, and a rippling pond in the quilted leather interior. The Moonbow blue paint is said to be reminiscent of a summer key at desk and features special pigments that allow for color shifting on a spectrum from purple to green based to green based on the viewing angle. The 2022 QX60's interior is laden with soft touch materials amounting to much more premium to a much more premium feel than its predecessor and its sleek shape is further accentuated by the double stitched edges, a new autograph trim level autograph that's kind of pretentious takes things even further with open pore wood, embossed seat backs, and quilted semi-aniline leather upholstery for the, first, for the first two rows of seats. All QX60s feature ergonomically optimized zero-gravity seats in the first row, which allow the natural curvatures of the spine and minimize pressure, and minimize pressure, minimize pressure on the hips to make for a more comfortable driving. Second and third row passengers receive their own ergonomically shaped seats that offer more room space than those on the outgoing model. Along with increased sound deadening materials and standard tries on automatic climate control, the interior updates should make for a more pleasant experience for both drivers and passengers. Arguably where the 2022 QX60, QX60 differs the most from its predecessor is in its technology. As it sports an available 12.3 inch dynamic meter display in front of the driver, a 10.8 inch heads up display, and a 12.3 inch touchscreen for the infotainment system, and capsative, whatever that is, climate controls with haptic feedback. However, the crown jewel of the QX60's new tech would have to be its ProPilot Assist semi-autonomous driving suite with NaviLink. It includes features such as automatic braking and steering, traffic side recognition, and enhanced auto restart that allows the car to slow to a stop in traffic, then continue driving again without driver input for 30 seconds. Like the previous generation, the new QX60 is powered by a 3.5 liter V6, making 295 horsepower, 299 PS or 220 kilowatts, and 270 pound-feet or 366 newton meters of torque. But this time, but this time around, it ditches the CVT gearbox for a nine-speed automatic transmission like its newly refreshed Nissan Pathfinder sibling. As a result, towing capacity is now rated at 6,000 pounds or 2,722 kilograms, a 20% increase over the outgoing model. That's actually getting with the program, thank God. The QX60 will be offered in both front and all-wheel drive guys, with the latter featuring a new direct coupling intelligent all-wheel drive system that can send up to 50% of the available power to the rear wheels, 
Additionally, the system has a torque vectoring function called active brake limited slip that can break individual wheels in order to reroute torque to those with more traction. The 2022 Infiniti QX60 will arrive in North America later this year. Pricing has not been announced yet, but more information will be available in the coming months. Hard stats out of the way, let's talk about the looks. And you know what? I like it. I actually like the QX60. Normally, I'm kind of... Infinities are kind of hit and miss for me. I like some. I don't like others. This one's a hit for me, though. I really like it. I like the taillights. It's maybe a little bit too Nissan-esque in its profile and its silhouette. It, it's got it's got affinity design cues for sure. It's just that I do feel like this could very easily also be a Nissan at the same time. But that's not necessarily a bad thing because Nissans as of late have been looking really, really good. So this is just an upscale. An upscale Nissan is actually quite a win with their modern design language. And as 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 insulting as that might be, let's be real, this is a more upscale Nissan. But this is a really upscale Nissan. You know, before, back in like 2005, when the G35 Coupe came out, when that was a slightly upscale 350Z, that was a disappointment. Like, that's not really upscale. On the exterior, maybe. The interior, nope. Not, not an upscale Nissan. But now, yeah. This is definitely an upscale. This this is worthy of being a luxury car rather than just a luxury up Datsun, right? This, as much as it is visually, you know, stylistically kind of an upscale Nissan, I think it has the luxury cues. It has the design to justify its placement in the luxury market, in the luxury segment, rather than being, you know, on the on the much lower end, shall we say? Let's talk about the front. Let, let me see the face let me find a photo with the face where are you where are you where are you show me your face no. <laughs> yeah so i really really like the face i like the slim headlights you know normally you know the problem with the qx60 the only problem with the face is that it has those same single element uh i say rectangular but single element uh for lack of a better way of describing it rectangular shaped drls so it's basically it's this eyebrow it's an eyebrow actually it's an eyebrow drl it's that eyebrow shape where it's like thin and long and it's a single element. It doesn't wrap around the corner. It doesn't, annoyingly, it doesn't have, this car doesn't have an interesting DRL shape. That's something I will always ask for, something I, I, I always like because it adds, it distinguishes the car, right? It helps it stand out from the others. And DRLs, well, intri intricate or unique or just plain distinctive, even if they're simplistic, DRL shapes help with that. Again, you know, again, Gen 5 Viper. Very simple DRL shape. I know a Gen 5 on the road immediately when I see it. Because that shape, that very specific shape, no other car. The C7's close-ish, but really isn't that close. The Gen 5, simple, elegant, but completely stands out. You know a Gen 5 Viper when you see it down the road immediately, instantly. Even at night. Especially especially at night, actually, because of the way the eye of the headlight is... is because of the way the eye of the headlight, or the relationship the eye of the head, the eye of the head, eh, tongue tied, because of the relationship the eye of the headlight has with the rest of the DRL. I again, I know instantly it's super distinctive, and with the Infinity QX60, to me it's very generic, extremely generic, top eyebrow, hardly an eye on the bottom, like really, really thin, rectangular, rectang horizontal orientation rectangular orientation in terms of it being really thin and long orientation for the headlight or shape general shape for the headlight so again not very distinctive but the 2021 2022 jeep grand cherokee l 
where it has that once again that eyebrow DRL, the top sing singular element, like a drawn line, like in paint.net or something. And then the really small, the really small, for lack of a better word, under portion, where it's the rest of the unit. So you have the DRL up, up top, and then you have the actual headlight on the bottom, but it's really thin, so you can hardly see it. Again, total 2021 Grand Cherokee L minimalism here in the headlight. Very, very similar single element. It's just a line. It's a straight line. Not very distinctive to me. A bit boring. I said it I said it with the 2021 Grand Cherokee L. I wish more automakers, as of now, would go for more complex DRL, DRL designs, like Audi with the R8, where it's like that under eyelash. Woo! Hot. Yeah, I wish. Or, or like the BMW Angel Eyes from a while ago, and which subsequently the 15 to current Challenger facelift then kind of copied. Yeah, I want more DRLs like that. The DRL shape actually from the WK generation Grand Cherokee from like 2014 to 2018. Again, that's what I want. You notice that immediately down the road. These, it's the same as every other SUV. Single element on, on top of the unit, acting as an eyebrow. Again, it's the exact same as every other SUV that's come out as of late. 2021 Grand Cherokee L is also, is also no stranger to this. Perpetuates the same thing, just very boring. But that, that isn't to say it looks bad. It does look good. I like the shape of the grille. It's, it's, almost, it's almost got the, the current Maserati shape where it's, not that it has the that edge in the middle, like it's not pinched, uh, where it increases the radius halfway through and then cuts in. So it's this weird, oh, what what would it be? Not octagon, but one of those shapes where it's where it's only f what four edges? Yeah, where it's only four sides. No, this one's rounded off. It it's an increasing radius. That's the word I was looking for or term. It's an increasing radius grill, kind of like the Maserati one, but not in that same shape. It starts off very, very square, but it's, or I say square, but fairly square, but pointed outwards. So the grill gets bigger as you move down, and then it curves, and then you have this very gentle, subtle bend on the bottom of the grill. It kind of rounds it out. It, it does remind me a lot of Maserati. It makes me think of Maserati quite a bit. I'm not sure why, but it's beautiful. Really, really beautiful. It's not too big. It's not this massive gaping grill that we see on the new Cadillac Escalade, for example. It's big, but it's it's almost purposeful. It's it's big without being overbearing. So I think it's really, really beautiful. I love the side vents that you have well on the side of the main grill. It's not even close. It's not crowded. It just it sculpts the face. It adds cheekbones. Genuine genuinely good cheekbones rather than it just almost adding like bags under the headlights. No 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 no. It's really nice, really beautiful, very well done. Infinity, good job on the face, genuinely. That is probably one of your better looking products to date. Let's go to the, the silhouette. So I think I had said earlier, the silhouette to, for me is what makes it look so much like a Nissan, like a Pathfinder, really. It's, I don't know, it just has that Nissan shape to me. It has that Pathfinder, like big rogue shape to me. Maybe a modern, not a modern Murano, but yeah, I guess a modern Murano, yeah. It's just got that Nissan SUV shape, Pathfinder, big Murano, maybe big Rogue type of shape. Not necessarily a bad thing, though, because once again, those cars look good. It has it has that floating C-pillar. It has a silver accent. It has a silver trim piece that runs that runs uh, along the outside, along the, along the outside of the, of the passenger and driver glass, what they call the greenhouse. That's where all the glass is. 
it outlines the greenhouse and then once you get to the c pillar at the very back it stops so again that floating c pillar that nissan has been infatuated with since about 2015 when they did the rogue facelift right where it's that really small floating c pillar that almost makes you think well what was the point of that you might as well have just had a normal c pillar design but yeah this c pillar design isn't actually so pinched it's actually most of the pillar so it works a lot better that it it's less pointless than nissan's old floating c pillar so once again i like that a lot uh, and i do like the way that the silver the, sil the silver trim piece outlines the glass outlines the greenhouse looks good and then the roof also slopes a little bit, kind of like a Range Rover Evoque, but not as dramatically. So it, it also adds a bit of a sporty flair to it, which I, I also enjoy. I do like that a lot. Let me find the rear. Let me see. Yeah, this is a gorgeous looking SUV, especially with the two-tone where you have the most of the bodies like silver, red, or whatever. And then you have the roof in black. Woo! That, this is a gorgeous SUV, at least from the top-down angle that favors the front. Brilliant. Let me go to the back here. Oh boy. I need to, I, I've just seen the taillights. Yeah. Once again, you know, single element. It's the eyebrow for the taillights. It's so boring. It's so boring. It's not very distinctive. I mean, there's, there's subtle nuances here like there are in every taillight design of this type. But, I mean, really? Subtle nuances? That's so boring. Bring, give me back the Dodge Ring of Fire. On the Avenger, right? The Journey. Give me, bring back the the racetrack taillights. I mean, Dodge is still doing that, but do do that. I think Audi used to have a fairly distinctive taillight design. I can't really remember what it is. BMW used to have a fairly distinctive one. Mercedes also had really distinctive taillight designs. Give me distinctive taillight designs. None of this single element, one one straight line in paint.net crap. Let's Let's go to some really interesting, really intriguing taillight designs again. Because this single element, again, the nuances just aren't enough. It's very boring to me. It looks good. It's not bad looking. It's just dull. It's not very creative. It's not very imaginative. The tail, it's, you know something's wrong when the taillight looks better in the daytime without, without the lighting element actually on. Because I can see more of it in the shot. It looks more interesting. Now, not much more interesting, but it does look more interesting. I'm not opposed to minimalism. I'm not. But this, this is a whole nother level of minimalism. This is Swedish levels of minimalism in taillight designs. And it's just so samey. It's so, so samey. Everyone's doing the same thing. It's not very creative. It's not very distinctive. Automakers, come on. Let's, let's step up our game. Let's go back. I don't, even, I don't even care if they kept the elements thin and small and were economical in their usage of it. I just want something more interesting. Make it wrap around. Make an interesting shape. Like Kia it, with the heartbeat DRL for the new K5 for the Optima. That is what I'm talking about. Let's get DRLs like that. It's, su it's such a shame that at the very least in the case of crossovers and SUVs, they're all just the same. They really are <laughs> with subtle nuances here and there. But I'm sorry, that's not good enough. The headlight unit does look gorgeous though. That's beautiful. There's a lot of details, a lot of really intricate intricate details there gorgeous design but but some way too simplistic i do have to say i'm not that enthused about the v6 because that's like chrysler putting the pentastar v6 in every new product it's like can we get a new v6 like the thing's a little i think this infinity v6 and the pentastar v6 they're both long in the tooth it's like let's come on let's get a new engine please please fingers crossed new engine please now while the exterior for me is probably a 7 out of 10 great looking just too just too minimalist 
overall, mostly for the front and rear, the interior is where Infinity has stepped up their game so much. Infinities of yore from like 2015 to 2018, 2019 for me, and well before, especially well before, they never really impressed me. I feel like their interiors, it was kind of like Chrysler's relationship with Dodge where they were slightly more luxurious. Well, you know, Chrysler was a slightly more luxurious Dodge. Infinity was a slightly more luxurious Nissan. Not impressively. So it's like Infinity's levels of luxury equated to being like it, like an upper trim level Nissan to me. That's what it was like. But the QX60, man, this QX60, that you cannot say that. Unless, unless Nissan interiors are way better than I remember, or way better now than I thought they were, this, this is really... Infinity has separated themselves from Nissan, I feel, with this interior. It's not 100% Lexus level, but this is within the same conversation. Well, eh, it's, it's about 15% from being within the same conversation. But that's way better than they were, certainly in 2015, where they were 30, 40% away. Not even, like, not even in the same league. This is very, very close to being in the same league as Lexus. And that is a high compliment. Gorgeous interior. Unfortunately, you have the tacked-on tacked on infotainment screen, like most cars have, and it seems to sit mostly above the dash. Not really a fan of that, but it's mostly wide than it is tall. It's horizontally oriented. So I can kind of live with it, even though the casing around it does look really cheap. Just in the photos, though. I'll have to see if that's the case IRL. I like... Man, I love the quilted stitching on the top... On nearly the top of the dash where the touchscreen is. That... That's an inspired touch. It really is. I love the simple air vent design. And they have this... This very minimalist... This singular silver silver trim piece that goes all the way across from the passenger side from the passenger front passenger from uh, i say compartment but seating area all the way to the middle of the dash it just keeps that line flowing beautiful 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 it doesn't break anything up it's all one piece and that is wonderful and then when you get to the lower when you get to the lower portion of the dash where all your hvac functions are you have the tan portion of the dash you have the normal for lack of a better word, dash structure wrap around. It's open on the driver's side because they have this. They have this black trim piece where all the HVAC functions are, and that part is open on the driver's side. And then when you get to the passenger side, the in this case because the press car in the photos is tan, you have the tan. You have the tan dash wrap around and then encase the HVAC function so you don't see the open side like a waterfall. It's like a cascading waterfall. It's a wrap around. It's a wrap around effect, and it's. It's to die for. It's so good. It's so good. Beautiful. Again, they've been, Infinity has been taking notes. Infinity has been trying to step up the game. This is, I'm telling you, on, from a material standpoint, it might not be Lexus level. But I think from a design standpoint, it is extremely close to being Lexus level, if not Lexus level. Infinity. Man, y'all have been working hard. Good job. I think the only let the only thing that really lets down this interior so far is maybe the steering wheel. The steering wheel looks a little cheap. The airbag cover looks to be a plastic and it's a black plastic. Not all that interesting. The aluminum, the or potentially fake aluminum trim piece that covers the, the bottom spoke on the steering wheel. Uh looks to potentially be fake. And then the upper spokes that sit where your hands are would go if you're holding the steering wheel at nine and three. 
look very plasticky. They look really cheap. That's not good. That's, that is a letdown. The biggest letdown of the entire interior. But if that's it, I mean, yeah, there, there are major touch points. That, certainly the buttons on the spokes. And I'm not saying the buttons. I'm just saying the, I mean, the buttons as well look a bit cheap. But the, but the lack of any silver trim pieces, it's just a very black steering wheel. Considering that's a major touch point, that does look, that, in the photos at the very least, in the photos, that does look to be a major letdown for me. But the rest of the interior, 8 out of, 7.7 out of 10, 7.8, 7.8. It's not a straight 8, but it is so good regardless. 7.8 Infinity. If you do an update to the QX60, fix the spoke and fix the quality of the buttons on the steering wheel because they look like Nissan buttons. Like really, like uh, Nissan Frontier buttons. Like not even good Nissan buttons. Cheap Nissan buttons from the Frontier. If you can fix that, brilliant. Near perfect interior. At least from a, from a visual standpoint. Overall then, I yeah, I'm going to give this car like a 7.7.6, maybe 7.7. Somewhere between those. This is the best looking Infinity product I've seen in a long time. The interior, and now to be fair, that's not saying much. I haven't seen a lot of of recent Infinity products, but certainly from their SUV lineup, yeah, Infinity, you have done a a really good job stepping up your game. Aside of a few missteps here and there, really, genuinely, such a great job with this interior. Yeah, seven seven point seven point seven. This is what Infinities should have always been for the longest time. Affinity seems Affinity Infinity seems to have finally found its stride. This this is an Infinity I would potentially recommend alongside a Lexus. And that's not something that's not something I would have said about Lexus a long time ago. If someone said, hey, would you recommend I get a Lexus? I'd say no, go for an Acura. Maybe go for an Acura instead. Or save the money, get a Lexus. Honestly. But now it's like, well, if you want to save some money and if you're okay with giving up a little bit of quality, you're not, you can't go wrong with the Infinity. And at this point, it might be, it might just be the case that the Infinity is finally better than the Acura. It might just be the case. And Acura has been kind of eh as well, because they were just a slightly more luxurious Honda, but then Acura started really getting into their stride as well. So it would have been Lexus, you know, in its own league, totally different echelon than Acura, then Infinity at the bottom of what I'd recommend. Now though, now though, it might just be Infinity over Acura. Infinity might have finally bested Acura, I think, at least for this one product. Well done to you, Infinity. Extremely. It, just kudos to you. Brilliant. How do you guys feel though about the QX60? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Are you somewhere, are you somewhere in between? Let me know in the comments below. In the meantime, I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please make sure to like the episode, share the episode, and follow the podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, please like, comment, share, and consider subscribing. And if you do subscribe, thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Please make sure you hit the little notification bell and then all notifications that way you're notified every time I upload. If you want to listen to this podcast on the road, but you don't have or want the Podbean mobile app, hey, not a problem. Boot up wherever you get your podcast. Type in Cody's Car Conundrum and then choose the episode you want to listen to. I will see you all next time. Before we end, I want to inform you all that you can now monetarily support this podcast and indeed the entirety of Cody's Car Conundrum with Kofi. Uh, well, it might be coffee, but it's spelled K-O-F-I, and that's weird, so I say it Kofi. In any case, Kofi is an alternative to Patreon where, beautifully and as God intended, you, the supporters, don't have to pay a fee, like on Patreon, to support my work. 
So if you like what I do and want to see me cover slash talk about slash make a video regarding something specific or want me to branch out into other areas of car culture, then head on over to ko-fi.com forward slash Cody's Car Conundrum where you can make a minimum donation of $5 towards me and the brand. In return, you'll be helping me afford new equipment, afford upgrades to my existing tools, you'll receive polls asking what topic you want me to dive into next, you'll get to see voted and non-voted content before public release, various forms of recognition for your support, and the ability to vote on merch designs you'd like to see on the Teespring store. And now it's time to close. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at Cody Carr, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.